Hello and welcome, vegan savages, to another episode of the V Gains podcast in beautiful Bali. Another one, joined by a guest. Her name is Jenna. You may or may not <laughs> know her, but she is the owner behind the beautiful Cafe Organic, which is like a well-known vegan restaurant here in Django, and three of them are around. So. I asked you on Instagram about questions and they were really curious how to start a business in, in Bali and all that. So we got into that and the person behind that all, Jenna, yourself, hi, how are you doing? Hello, thanks for having me. Doing great, thanks. Thanks for being here. This is your first podcast? Uh, second actually. Second one. Are you nervous? Kind of. Don't, don't the, be. <laughs> the idea of being recorded, I guess. So we're here in her office. I love it. Aircon, we got some juices. What did you take? Uh, almond milk matcha latte. Oh wow, I got like a cream juice, the potent stuff, lots of creams juice together and shall we jump right into the questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I have like a mix of lots of follow-up questions and some of my, my own. Okay, so perfect. the first one is a follow-up question. It's like, okay. is she locally born or did she move here? Um, no, so I was born in Paris but at the age of, you know, a couple of months old my family moved here in the 90s, in 93 actually. So. I grew up here, but um, I was originally born in Paris. What was the reason why your parents decided to move to Bali? Um, so, it was really for a lifestyle choice. Um, my parents grew up in Africa, in Central Africa, and I'm one of three, so I've got two older brothers, and we were all born in France. And basically, they kind of moved back to France just to have us, and shortly after we were born, they decided, you know, they wanted to bring us a similar lifestyle to what they experienced so it's a funny story but mom heard of Bali through like a ch children's comic book kind of thing and she thought it was very picturesque and just liked the idea so just like that she decided to pack up everything put like 15 boxes aside um, sell the house and move to Bali having never been here before having never traveled to Asia let alone you know been been anywhere around Asia and so she just did it did made the move um, and that's how my family moved here yeah that's so funny <laughs> I recently had a friend on my podcast Adina Rivers and she is from Germany and um, she also just got this calling and a friend tagged her on a picture on Facebook like you would like this place it was an Ubud <laughs> she, she just moved there as well without really? being there and now she lives there happily for eight years as the greatest place really? opens up also another vegan restaurant there and just this like similar yeah, to that it's funny so there's this thing that goes around that that's basically says that Bali kind of either tracks or repulses people and or kind of just accepts or rejects people kind of thing where um, it's called the Island of the Gods and apparently it's a Scorpio Island which as we know <laughs> in astrology is kind of an extreme sign and so people people that come here they either feel like okay well this is where I belong and they want to stay or um, it's like a series of events occur in a row that kind of tells them, well, actually, I don't actually want to stay here. I get this feeling too. It's the first time I've been here and I, I definitely want to go back. I met so many people who actually live here. We became close friends. I want to visit them again and just, I love you so much. I can work greatly and the temperatures, everything is so nice and the vibe and so friendly. And there's so many, you know, I always, when I go a place, I always evaluate the pros and the cons. And here, just so many pros that definitely want me to come back. So I think Bali is now my winter spot. Great, cool. Next question is, how did you came up with the idea to start a healthy vegan restaurant in Bali? What struck you? Okay, well, pretty 
bluntly and simply, there were none. Well, there were there was just not that many options, and I wanted to fill a gap in the market. Um, I was a vegetarian myself, and I felt like there weren't that many options really to go eat out at a vegetarian or vegan cafe. So I thought I'd start one up myself. <laughs> That's great. There's no there's no demand for it, but I, I mean there's no. Um, I think there was a demand. I just think that like yeah, no, no one I, was I don't catering mean, so for demand. It. I mean um, there was no. There was no supply. supply. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, like in Ubud, there was. Ubud was, you know, it's a town that's always been quite um, forward with those things. Um, but I mean, it's like a, it's like a nearly hour and a half, two hour drive away from here. So, mm -hmm. even though the distance is only like 15 kilometers, which would be actually traveled in 15 minutes in Australia, here it's like the roads are smaller and traffic and things like that. It feels like a road trip to go out there. So. Yeah. So um, other than that, like honestly, all around Samyak or Changu, there wasn't just that many options. And um, how, how many years ago was it that you opened the, up the first one here in Changu? Just three years. Just so, three years. Yeah. So three years here in Changu, there were basically no vegan restaurants. No, that's the crazy thing. Is that I would say about a year ago, a year and a half ago max, is when the boom kind of started, and you know the domino effect of all these places started popping up, which is great because um, so Cafe Organic. The Seminac location was the first one, that was three years ago, and on the same month, um, same time, three years ago, Peloton opened as well, so that's another vegetarian vegan cafe, and um, I'd say about two years within our opening is when more and more st started popping up all around Changu, because, and it became kind of like a hub, and it's kind of funny to think back and, and see that like, Bali is becoming this food destination and a lot of people are referring to Bali as, you know, this vegan hotspot and um, wanting to come travel here just for the food and that all of that kind of community arose from from just like, you know, it, almost like a trend. You started it's, it. It's great though. It's so good to see that, you know, it's it's becoming a trend because then it's influencing more and more people to go vegan, which has so many other benefits and impact, not just for your health, but for um, ethical and sustainability, sustainability reasons. So it's really Yeah, great. that is so great. Actually, a friend we met here, she was vegetarian before and now she's committed vegan. Really? Yeah, That's we hang so out great. and I gave her my ebook and we, because we went to all these great places and she mm. was like, wow, this is that, I don't even need dairy. And that's like the most satisfying feeling when you get to like convert someone and you're like, I know, <laughs> I know, that's why, that's why I love social media because I don't yeah. just reach my direct environment but the yeah. world and yeah. get this on a daily basis totally. and that is the biggest motivation. Yeah. But that is crazy because now I come the first time here to Chengo and it's vegan heaven and I ask my community and I, my, my, my map is full of stars, places to go. I block here every day, I show my community all the great spots we've been to and there's still so many more, so I'm afraid in the remaining seven days we have left here I won't even be able to try them all. <laughs> yes, like that is so crazy and yeah. in just a, a couple of years. Yeah, it really just booms. So, but Bali's kind of, it almost offers that possibility to, you know, to, to, to be an entrepreneur yourself and start something as an individual and, and from scratch, you know, start something from scratch and, and build your own, your company or your cafe and your restaurant. And I think that inspired a lot of people to, to open them that quickly. I think that's, you know, Bali 20 years ago when we first moved here isn't what it is today. And that exponential growth really occurred with a mix between, um, of course, globalization, which brings some pros and cons. Um, but yeah, as I said, it, it helps individuals become empowered to develop their own business and their own dream and 
and that's where but why is that because it's easier to do here than um, in europe it's well not I so mean, many legislations yeah exactly I'd, i'd imagine that like in europe there'd be a lot of paperwork to go through yeah um <laughs> a lot it's rent. actually a pain in the ass and a, yeah and expensive yeah well that's the thing um rent would be a lot as well and and um and then unless you'd have a lot of help from like your family or community to um to have for employment that's another huge cost um, yeah here everything is quite affordable right well it's changing because it's rapidly growing and i find that like the more it's gaining that kind of um spotlight worldwide the more things are increasing and i did this um recent comparison with a friend that opened up a restaurant in australia recently um where cost of produce like anything that was you know spices and olive oils or um dairy and things like that were actually similar in terms of price to actually cheaper because here there's a lot of import products but when you stick to local locally grown only and that's what we tend to do because we want to support farmers and we want like we want to support ethical businesses um then yeah fruits and vegetables um are a lot more affordable obviously and yeah i mean yeah. and just compared like the rent and the oh, stuff yeah, the rent it's as well. no comparison yeah, to no, like germany for sure. i mean label and labels. people seem here so much more reliable and they want to work they're so they're smiling they're positive they seem like they really like to do that in germany it's more like Oh, like the first questions uh, when are my holidays they're, they're, they're not really they don't really want to do that and often they're not so reliable and here they're so straightforward they want to help you and everything so I think um, it really depends doesn't it like on okay. what you're doing for work and and you know it really depends I think that if it, you, you can have an individual that's as committed for, for the for the cause if they're really passionate about it you know like sure sure yeah you know like take a great I don't know a great business model in Europe Do you, do you have one off the top of your head, an idea? Um, I mean, what's one that you love? A restaurant? Yeah, for example. Um, and I, I also take it back because it was a broad statement, but um, like saying in Europe it's, it's this way and here it's that way. But my experience so far is that like they're all, like this, positi this positivity I get yeah, here. They have a great, um, yeah, they have a great and for example, philosophy like, of life. Especially like just jobs you don't really want to do like in Germany when you go to gyms or somewhere they're really not that helpful and you know and you see that they don't like their jobs but here oh. they're also positive no matter which job that is and they have here sometimes really tough jobs and they and 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 they're also so positive like they, yeah. they they like to do that and this that is what I meant yeah well um, that's great it's great to hear because I feel like it was even more present when I was younger and that we see less and less of that actually as as the time goes by um, also because I think you know like anywhere touristic when tourism yeah. comes um, it changes as they well they start to scam you and you especially see, see that like where the most tourists are tourists are like two years ago I flew to Thailand and I arrived in Bangkok yeah Whew, they were rude they tried to scare me they tried to, to trick me I was like oh uh, all people like that that was my first Asian country right. and then I flew to Chiang Mai way less tourism and all people were so much more yeah. friendly i didn't even got scammed once yeah. and the price especially thai people they're honorably honest in that sense like it's crazy i've heard of stories where people walked into a shop and they were told oh no um don't buy it from me buy it from the shop next door it's actually cheaper things like that mm -hmm. which is just absolutely insane to think about but um yeah tourism it, is just 
killing it, that a bit. But then it depends what kind of tourism, because like also, the vibe exactly. you get here in Changu and exactly. Ubud. Ubud, I was going to say, is a great example, because the type of people uh, or the type of tourism that it attracts, um, didn't I feel like you really feel that old sense of Bali. And this comes back to what I was trying to say earlier about globalization and development, is that it comes with pros and cons, because... Yes, it's great to see this new wave of Bali with you know trendy hotspots and veganism coming and integrating the scene, um, but there's a lot of pollution that came out of the development of Bali. Take it back to 25 years ago, for instance, the national the traditional food um, is called nasi champur, which means mixed mixed uh, mixed rice actually, but it, it's a base of like vegetables and tofu and tempeh and maybe a little bit of meat, and it's it used to be wrapped in a banana leaf. And so they would finish their food and just chuck out the banana leaf on the side of the street. And as it's biodegradable, it would just compost on its own. But nowadays, um, slowly that kind of evolved into a paper wrapping. And the paper wrapping was what? Lined with plastic. So then you were chucking a paper that was lined up with plastic on the side of the street. And that was resulting in pollution. And then slowly, instead of just being handed that paper wrapping, you'd be handed a paper wrapper inside a plastic bag. And then both of those things would end up on the side of the street. And slowly, that's kind of how all of the rivers started getting really polluted and all of that would just be washed into the ocean and how our beaches would just end up washed out with immense amounts of plastics. And so, you know, come, coming down to, to development and globalization, it's, it's good if it comes along with education because, you know, if, if you're not told that that's not good, then you're just going to keep doing it. And um, That's why this vibe the like the conscious vegan vibe that exactly. that's so great for the places because exactly. all the vegan places they like no plastic straws, no straws exactly. little to um, no plastic single-use item and yeah. the locals see that and, uh, and they get educated about it. That's why it's great that it's a trend because then other places that might not even share these values they don't even do it because that's what their belief system is but they'll still do it because it's a trend and they want their place to be as trendy as the next door or they just want their place to you know not get you yeah. not get shone upon like. Yeah. if they're not following. Yeah, that's why this conscious vegan positive vibe and yeah. that, is, that is really what the, those places need and then they flourish in a really beautiful, sustainable um, way. Like when, when we go to fruit markets, we always say no plastic bag yeah, and they get great. it over and over again and then exactly. maybe they ask why no plastic exactly. bags, oh yeah, and they see it, like oh it pollutes. Yeah. Um, so Actually, you'd get a funny reaction a few, I, I still get that even nowadays because Obviously, I'll speak in Indonesian when I walk into a store, and if I walk into a pharmacy and I'll buy, like, I don't know, if, if whatever, if I walk into a shop and need to purchase anything, they'll hand me a plastic bag automatically, and I'll be like, oh, no, no plastic bags. And uh, even if I have a lot of things holding in my hands, and it's kind of, and it looks uncomfortable, and they're like, oh, and they'll, they'll chuckle, and they'll have a little laugh, and I'm like, no, guys, and then I'll take the towel and be like, all right, I'm putting my things down. Here's five minutes as to why you shouldn't be handing me a plastic bag. That's, that's so great. <laughs> all right, how long from... That's another follow-up question. How long from just an idea did it take to open the cafe, the, uh, cafe doors? Okay, well, so I was 21 when I decided I wanted to open Cafe Organic. But um, I'd say that I had the menu down pat and the concept and the furniture and everything put together quite quickly. It was more so construction that took a while. Um, so that, I mean, and I think Bali's an exception of all places because construction took basically almost like a year. <laughs> so I was 22 by the time we opened because everything just kept getting lagged and then something else would pop up and we'd be like, oh no, <laughs> now we have to attend to this. And yeah, and also because I had never worked in hospitality prior to uh, opening the cafe and I had never worked 
just let alone you know waitering a table or I had never worked in a restaurant. I had I hadn't I didn't go to uni, so I didn't go and, and study hospitality either. So I didn't really know what I was doing to be honest. Like I, I kind of walked into a shop I remember and didn't know how many quantities or how many items I needed to get to deck out my kitchen. And because I wrote my menu myself without you know I, I'm not a chef, um, I wasn't exactly sure of what equipments were. Quali uh, kitchen quality grade, you know, that I needed for my kitchen, so I just picked out as I went, and it was more of a trial and error, but it kind of worked out from the start, to be honest. That, that is so great to hear that, because so many people are out there having a great idea, and they think like, oh, I cannot do that, because I need to be a professional, this and that, yeah. but showing, you just had the idea, you want vegan restaurants around, so I just do it, even though I've never done that. Nowadays, if you, you have the internet, we can just self teach ourselves anything totally. we want. Totally, of course. Yeah. Everything's on the internet if you have any questions. And I think like 90% is just showing up, you know? Yeah. Just execute. If you have an idea, execute. You know, some people like to go through a business plan. Obviously, if you're going to get an investor on board, if you need, you know, um, if, if you need, if, if you need um, a source of income, then, then yeah, so you people, definitely need... Uh, if you're out there, if you have a dope idea, just do, do it. it. Just <laughs> do it. There's always a way. If you're really passionate about it, we'll find a way and you can do it no matter what. So what, uh, you said like one year and construction took the most, right? Yeah, it took a year. Um, it took a year, I'd say, to, to put all the details together and, and, and get it flourished and open. Actually, you know what, with the first location, because it took so long and I had started the Instagram before opening, um, the Instagram was actually growing quite quickly because we were posting inspo pictures and we were kind of telling the story of it growing as 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 we were working on it. Oh, that's the best. And, and so people, yeah, so we built kind of like a little community that was following us. And and I remember pe people started commenting, um, when are you guys opening? This is like it's been too long. Like, come on, like when get your you know act together. Like, when are you opening? And then I'd be like, oh, soon, soon. And we didn't want to disclose a date because we we're we were afraid to not be able to live up to it. You know, so we'd say like, yeah. oh, September eighteenth, and then like two months later, we weren't ready. So I wasn't disclosing a date, and I kept saying soon, soon. And then at some point, we'd have people come up to the door and like knocking and be oh, like, wow. are you guys a scam? Are you opening? We even got a comment where someone like full got angry and was like, yeah, oh, are you guys nice. scam? And I was like, no, we're not a scam. We're opening, sir. <laughs> and and after and so while we were doing training, it's so Samyak location is a big long glass door and it's a sliding door, and you know the common reaction to a sliding door is people will just try and open by push or pulling and they'll be like, oh, what's happening? Is the door stuck? And like with the Samyak location, when we were doing training inside, <clears throat> like with the with the teams and the waitresses and everyone on the floor, um, we would get people walk up fully slide the door open, walk in on their phone, acting as if this was like their usual spot as if they had been in here a million times when obviously it was their very first time walking in because we hadn't even been open yet. And I was so surprised by people's reaction. It's like everyone was always just like, yeah, this is my crib, <laughs> walking through. That's so great. And this, that's another great advice. Not just focus only on the product or only on building a reach social media, but combine that too, that while you work on the product or a store or anything, work simultaneously on like an in Instagram page yeah. that you that, that you're not like okay the, the, the restaurant's open or the product is done now yeah, how no. to sell it and then yeah. start from crash right. that you work on both at the same time Definitely. and then often the coolest part is to involve the um, the process of getting the product or the restaurant done show that on social media yeah. so you can you can start vlogs you can just post about it updates totally. that is super interesting and the sad um, thing is um, we got hacked like the Instagram got yeah. hacked about a month ago, a month mm. and a half ago. Um, so the guy that hacked it actually found who he was. 
and um, it was so so sad but basically I opened my emails and I was really busy and I was kind of frazzled and stressed and I was answering my emails too quickly and I got I got I got um, what do you call it? like I got tricked you know I opened this email and it was get verified by Instagram click on the <laughs> click on oh, the verified? button verified yeah and I thought oh, it was Instagram oh, I know and you so typed silly in, you typed in your password yeah I totally oh, did I handed it over yeah. like there's my email this is the date I created it that's my password mm. and then I was in a meeting when he did the whole thing where I could have I was getting the emails from Instagram saying revert this action but I was in a meeting so I didn't see any of those and then it was too late he changed it like six times but I ended up finding him and luckily my friend overseas got my Instagram account back to me but um, he had deleted all of the posts, so all of the history is gone, and all that Instagram could um, like recuperate was oh 80, no. 80 posts. So we don't have any of those anymore. Oh, rest in peace. But <laughs> you mean you find him, like the person? I found him. Yeah. So so um, he did. He deactivated. He like went on private and deactivated the account for a couple days, but then and deleted all of the posts. But then when he activated it back, he posted a story of himself and. Uh, some of the people that were following us, like one of our cake suppliers actually, she contacted me and was like, Jenna, what's going on? Like, who's this guy? What happened to the Cafe Organic account? And I was like, oh my goodness, thank goodness you found it. So I clicked on him and he was a, you know, 17 or 18 year old, like Turkish boy with his friends that just wanted to uh -huh. steal accounts. And he had stolen like five of them, one with 1.5 million followers. What's like, going on in those heads? Like, karma will fuck them up like crazy and they're just... Mm. causing pain and struggle just because it was they're bored. so stressful but you know what's funny uh -huh. i actually received so much sympathy from friends and people like they were they made, like i was like trying to think of it as just well you know it's an instagram account it's okay i can start over if i need to and people were being super super supportive and that's you know. nice but guys if you get an email like oh you verified don't an fall instagram. for it you know how many I get of those? I get yeah. I get three of those per day at least. Really? Yeah, because this because this is really the whole. Yeah, uh, easy I mean it's yeah totally. And it will be gone soon because now more and more get aware of it. Yeah. But currently it's really hard. That's why many people use it, and I get like three per day. And wow, many yeah. of them look super shitty. Some look a bit legit, but yeah, some of them look legit because I don't usually follow it for but those. What but what you always do, you check the email. Like, yeah, and, yeah. And it's, uh, I was so yeah. you know honestly I was stressed and, and I was going like, through them too quickly. Yeah, and especially that is like something. Yeah, I want that. I want to get verified. Like it's a big deal. Yeah. Like you even oh uh, maybe it's true because I wanted so much. So and the irony is like if I was actually verified that would have never happened I wouldn't have been able to get scammed because once you're verified by Instagram you can't actually they can't get your account apparently there's like so many security measures are you verified I'm not verified I need to be verified uh, and I would also recommend like a two-factor security with your yeah, phone yeah I've done that now definitely. yeah I, I always have that yeah. unfortunately you can only have it with one Instagram account I have multiple Instagram accounts but I have it right. for my biggest one Anyway, glad you got it back and rest in peace, 80 posts. And <laughs> then my question is for the other two locations, did it took you um, also a year or shorter because you already knew okay. the process? So, um, it should have not have taken that long, but <laughs> I guess I want to complicate things for myself, <laughs> but I, um, I did take a while for both of them. <laughs> but it's because I didn't want to, you know, I always Don't get rush inspired. It, yeah. Yeah, and I, I get inspired by, by making the look a bit different. Like, Samyak has a bit more of a city look, I find. And, you know, it's got marble top tables and a different, more cozy, closed atmosphere. Changu is a lot more rupestrian. It kind of has, like, rusty, recycled woods. And I wanted to play around with more of a beachy feel. I mean, it's more of a tropical little beach town. So 
it's got a different interior, a different feel. It's still it's still calf organic and it still has that like tropical you know vibe to it, but it, it's different interior. And then Omalas again, this is a much larger space. It was my first um, adventure, you know, taking up 500 square meters, and it's set in the rice fields. It's all open, and I wanted to play with more of a palette of beiges and whites. And because we want to start franchising soon, this is more of a um, kind of like a, an emblem of what they should look like, what the franchise model will be. So I did take a really long time for each of them. We're opening up in Ubud next, and that one I'm hoping to kind of standardize within so that it looks like the franchise model even more, and so I hope it's not going to take me that long. <laughs> but it takes you how long it ever will take you, and that's another great lesson. Always take your time and make it right, and when you open it, that it's, that it's right, because otherwise, yeah. like, it, I see it all yeah. the time. People like they they program an app and they release it too early, and the app sucks, and most customers will never come back because oh right. yeah, that was bad. Yeah. So let it get tested and uh, work on it. And when you yeah. open the doors, that people have a good experience from the from the get go. So that is great that you took your time and coffee organic. If you come here, they are so beautiful and so much thought went into details. Like when I we just look around, you see on the on the glass door, there's like no bad days or yeah. something written and, it's, and I'm like oh that's so nice like all these these details when you're waiting for paying the bill and stuff that just makes this place unique and that's that, and then that's worth taking more time to make it this place and that it stands out so um, and yeah that's 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 also a question so we can jump ahead so you're opening one in, in Ubud as well that it will be number four yeah and number four in so you're taking over Obud. You're taking over the right, world. Right, Starting right, with Bali. <laughs> started from Django and Obud. You you have um. Or well, you probably don't want to say when it will open, right? Because no. Oh. Uh, Next year. This year. No, it's this year. Definitely. Oh, this year. Definitely this year. Wow. Um. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's gonna okay. be like. Yeah, it's... You don't need to say more. This year is great. So okay. <laughs> next, next time I'm here, like when it gets nasty in Germany again, I'm sure it will be here like October, November. Go to Ubud and check it out. Yeah. And you... you it's going to be next to the monkey forest. That's as much as I can disclose. Nice. That's, that's where we actually stayed for the longest time. And I like it because the monkey forest is such a mysterious jungle vibe and it offers so much shelter like shadow yeah so it's, it's like yeah. cool and well Ubud is cooler as well because it's upper more north up in the mountains and yeah. it, it has such a nice energy actually and it's really worth seeing i'd say that if if you come and visit bali definitely come and check out changu and its little hipster town because um, it's fun and it's got heaps of restaurants and cafes and bars and heaps of cool cute little places but then for the beauty of the place i would say go up to Ubud and take a lalang because it's the greener parts it's um, big, one of the, you know, some of the oldest, biggest trees and lots of rice fields and then down south on the peninsula of the island it's Bingen Beach or just Uluwatu and that's um, all of the most beautiful beaches which are cliffside and white sand. Little Bali tips. <laughs> that's great, that's great. So, and why do you decided to, to stay in Changu? Why not um, Ubud? So where we are right now is called Umalas, it's this little town that borders Semyak and Changu and I kind of grew up here actually, yeah. <laughs> but because it's different, it's like you kind of just drive, I drive to Uluwatu on the weekend or I drive to Ubud for the weekend. It's all really close. It's all really close. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we say it's an hour and a half away, but it is 15 kilometers. Like anywhere else in the world, you take the highway, that would be like 10 minute drive. Yep. So it's not like, you know, you grow up in a town, you stayed in that town. It's kind of all accessible and it's, yeah. And Ubud from here is more like 50 minutes, right? 
I mean, well, yeah, for me with a car, it always takes me like oh, yeah, an hour a car, and a half. Yeah, with, yeah, a, with a car, it takes longer. Do you, do you still ride a scooter after that accident? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I do. Yeah. Um, I started driving when I had to go to school. Like, I, again, so Umas, and this, is, this goes back to um, one of the advantages, I'd say, of growing up and, and living in Bali is, is the sense of kind of freedom and independence you get because you're able to just hop on a scooter and you can just drive around really easily. I love that. Yeah, everything's I never super had accessible. that before. This this fee this scooter feeling like Yeah. Free oh. and free and just like yeah. Just, yeah, freedom, independence really. And so um, I think I was ten or maybe like eleven, twelve kind of thing. Uh, when I had when I started driving to school because it was around the corner from my house. You started riding a scooter with ten? Yeah, but because I have two older brothers and I think they kinda like you know, started young and so then I started young too. I was definitely the youngest amongst all of my friends, but... Um, Are there any legislation for riding a scooter here? Because oh, I was so surprised really. that none of them wanted to see my driver's license. Yeah. I even got an international <laughs> driver's license, but they don't even want to see my regular driver's license. They're like, oh yeah, just take a scooter. Really? And yeah, it's true. It's kind of like, yeah, not very... Um, maybe the opposite of Germany for that. <laughs> no, I mean... They, they check it, so far the place I've been to, they check it if I can ride a scooter yeah. and um, and then... They're pretty like chill, I yeah. don't know. And like, I, the first time I ever got arrested on a scooter, not because I had done anything wrong, but the policeman just like stopped me. And I don't know, maybe, I, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember, I was 14 and he asked me for my driver license, of course I didn't have one. Of course, and you're so, 14. And so um, I was like, um, and I just pretended I didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> and then he let me go, and I just drove away. Okay, that's why you're super witty, witty with 14 already. Um, but is it common that locals already drive a scooter when they're like a team? Mm. Yeah? Because I see here some kids and I'm like, you're not, you know. Oh yeah, you're no, 16 I swear, some little boys are like eight, I okay. swear, it's just like. So quick, um, before, because I want to get into your accident, but before that, um, oh, you, you touched, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious if okay. you want to talk about okay, it, sure. because I, I had just some close death experience already. Me? No, no way. No, no, I had some. Oh, really? That's why, oh, yeah, that oh, sometimes wow. the scooter like, whoa, there was a car, like, whoa, they were super close. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, but um, you touched on it that you, after Ubud, you want to make this like as a franchise model. Yeah, we're you actually, wanna, yeah. We, we started franchising. So to be honest, like since since opening our doors in Seminyak, like our first location, we've had we've had emails coming in with franchise offers and um, I was really not ready. That's, you know, it was so far, like Capergana grew into something so far beyond anything that I had ever expected or imagined like you when I opened it. Thought one location. Yeah, right? I just well, not even that. I thought one very small one. <laughs> like okay. I started off with sixty square meters, this tiny, the smallest kitchen. Like it was tiny, and a little outdoor balcony. But it was super cute and cozy, and we we got full so quickly. And we would have a queue at the front, and I swear I was stressed out every day because I didn't know where to seat people. I was so stressed. Like that was my main concern. And I was t like, I'd tell my friend like, Oh my god, like today was so stressful. We had like these many people waiting at the front. And people would tell me, yeah, that's a good problem to have. And I was like, yeah, it's a good problem to have, but it's still a problem. <laughs> so then we doubled up and we opened, um, we, we, funny story, we actually decked out the whole right side. Like I got the walls painted, got the furniture in, got everything decorated, made a little coffee section. And then we broke the wall that was separating the two overnight. We didn't close one day. And at 7 a.m. sharp, we were open, ready to receive customers. And our regulars that would have yeah, their coffee do it. would walk in and be like, wait a minute, is this the <laughs> same place? Like not even recognize it. And um, So you had like double the amount of seats. Yeah, double the overnight. amount of seats overnight. People are like, what? So yeah, we and then shortly after that we started opening Chengu and, and I think that like receiving those emails amongst all of that was kind of 
too much for me because I, I was really young and it was all growing too fast so I just put you know the pedal to the stop <laughs> and I was like no I can't do it I just put so now I have literally this folder of emails that's just piling up of franchise offers that I'm just putting aside for later and um, and I think now I've finally matured to that point and we're ready to you know move on to international things so the next location I can disclose and it's gonna be LA nice and that's beach. <laughs> that, nice that's where yeah. I'm heading next actually yeah yeah cool. um, and that's also great learning um, trust in timing like mm. don't don't rush things before you're ready because yeah. then maybe you have, would screw it up or you would get really stressed out or burned out but you're like oh I'm not ready for that yet I put it aside and then trust in timing and now those locations are working well and now I can it kind of came intuitively to me I just I, you know I felt like mm, the maturity wasn't there yet for for me to take on something that big I was I was scared and I was like mm. maybe you know it's good to trust in time and and let things take its course and do it when it's right you'll feel when it's right but it's also good to not procrastinate and kind of sometimes I feel like it's almost great to get that person that'll give that little kick in the butt you know and make that push like a little bird that needs to fly yeah. out of the nest because otherwise you're just never gonna get started and you need to so both are important yes that's true I always say like follow your highest excitement and if it's not that exciting for whatever reasons like combine your heart and your brain and if it's not that exciting because then don't do it but if you feel like the urge you really want to do it then yeah. go for it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one in LA will it have the same menu or yeah it's the same menu really and well it's gonna have because um, there's, there's more of like a winter time in LA mm -hmm. so it's gonna have some items that are that Regionally, don't exist on seasonally. ours um, that, yeah. that, that, that grow there and not here probably obviously right? yeah well that too like <clears throat> some some things that are like sorry <clears throat> but like um, also for the colder months some you know more soups and porridges and oats and things oh, like yeah. that like, more like comfort food that you'd want on, on yes. colder colder weather nice where to be one in Berlin <laughs> yeah we actually got an offer for Berlin oh nice um, and that would be amazing that and would be that would be uh, like the the hardest place to go then because currently the vegan scene in Berlin is big. Yeah, but really like a lot of junk food as I told you okay. and no places I don't know often people ask me for places and I'm like I don't have this place oh go there right only like okay. mm, yeah this is okay but they use so much oil and sugar and salt and it's really so that would be great I would love that oh, I would you. go there I would move over that building oh over this cafe organic and go there on a daily basis thank you yeah well hopefully soon I'll let you know I'll let you okay. know I'll keep you posted what is this music? Is it a phone? Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Not my ringtone. No worries. Um, that was actually um, the the menu. You told me that already, but someone asked who came up with the with the menu. Oh well, I did. All of it, right? Yeah. And just. You're experienced cook, you're a chef, how do you no. know what tastes good, like how did you just, did you cook it yourself, like try and error, how did you do so, that? I mean, our like principles is to keep things simple, I find like within, <clears throat> within food, I mean like it's, there, you know, for example, the, the smashed avo toast, it's a, it's a basic and um, even, I don't know, like the Norish bowl, it has a bit of like, your protein, your 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 new like your your fibers, your this, your that. Everything's combined. And I I don't know. It kind of just um. I I'm a foodie, I guess. And when you love food, you just you know food, you understand food, 
and um, it kind of, to be honest, like we we didn't actually change the menu for the first two years, and I only and I didn't end up changing any of the originals that were on it from from the very beginning. I just ended up adding some things um, after two years because people were like, oh, like. People around me, like my family and things, were just like, "Oh, you should, you should add some things because like change is good. Like people want change." And um, when I followed their advice, I so I did. I added more things and I changed the pancakes a little bit as well. And so many people were like, "No, my pancakes! Mm-hmm. I want my usual. Where are my pancakes?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think now um, I don't think I'll be changing it anymore. Yeah. If you find something that is good, why change it? If you find something simple, delicious, healthy, why change it? It's good for you. It's easy. It's uh, uh, why change it? I, we all have our go-to recipes. We, oh, that's how I make porridge. That's healthy. That's delicious. That's easy. And um, most people eat them like the same breakfast for ever, basically. Yeah, so if you have good, easy recipes, why change it? And your menu is really well-rounded. You have everything for sweet, for savory, and I love those three things: Thank you. simple, d- delicious, and healthy. And that's what you all cover. But just a variety, like if you want something sweet, something savory, and just um, don't overwhelm the customers with 20 pages. And then like, oh, I don't want to waste so much time. I just want to order something. And you have actually one side. I mean, you could flip it, but just one. One side's food, and the other side's yeah, drinks. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you can quickly overscan everything. This, this, and that. And then um, that's that's a great menu. And someone asked. Thank you. Um, yeah, many people, many people actually wrote it like here. How did I come up with the menu? Like, yeah, a, who came funny, up with like this incredibly delicious menu? Wow, that's huge! Thanks, guys. Um, and then many also asked like, um, wait, I don't find a question yet, but it was something like, um, um, will you ever come out like with recipe videos for how to make those? Okay, well, just because of franchising, I'm not allowed to disclose the actual recipes of our menu, but I'm st- gonna start this thing on Saturdays and thinking of doing these little videos, Saturday smoothies, and we would just show a new recipe for smoothies every Saturday. Um, so that that's a thing, and then... Um, on Cafe Organic Instagram? Or yeah, on the Cafe Organic nice. Instagram. And so Saturday smoothies for smoothie recipes, and, and then the other thing is I really want to start doing a Cafe Organic book. I really want to write um, kind of the story, how it came about, the values behind the brand, um, nice. Our mission, and then include recipes, and mm-hmm. and yeah, that's so. that's great. You have so many great things planned. Yeah, I'm wow. really excited for this book. Cause, and a lot of people have been actually asking for recipes on the on the page as well. So I was like, okay. Um, I oh, just wanted to ask a question. I lost it. Wait, it's coming back. <laughs> it's coming back. Where is it? Um, oh, what was the question? Oh yeah, your your Instagram. Who's doing that? Me. You're doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. I Thank love you. it. You actually, because for often for products or for restaurants, it's it's more tough to make like a good Instagram because people are often like um, um, hesitant to follow like products or, or places yeah. unless because often it's like, oh, they just promote their place, right? But you make like, like add some value and um, just a super beautiful feed where it's Thank just like, you. oh, I'm gonna travel to Bali and like <laughs> 107k follower or something like that yeah. is a lot for restaurants it's like crazy so it was it was you know it was so much fun from the very beginning like I so I started you know as I said before opening the place and we had that community going and we had such a good engagement and um, and it was so great until we got hacked to be honest it's so sad and also I, I guess the algorithms changed but since we got hacked like the the engagement kind of dropped and um but that's that's Instagram. That's like it's always like up and down. It's yeah. always changing. So, um, 
But but yeah, I and I mean I'm not gonna take full credit for how beautiful it looks because a lot of the pictures are reposted from the yes. customers. But it's and just working because people yeah. are coming there, people see it, and then it just spreads organically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and the food's photogenic. You know, it comes out. It's a smoothie bowl that's shaped as a flower, filled with fruits, and so people like naturally want to come and take a picture and then post that on Instagram, and then I just repost it, so it's easier for me. And um, yeah. Okay, I'm just scrolling to the, the questions. I think we just uh, casually covered most of them about the restaurant. Um, the menu, oh, that's, that's another one. Where do you get all the fresh produce from and also all the superfoods you cook with? Okay, so superfoods, we're lucky that in Bali we actually get a few locally, but some of them obviously have to be imported. Like spirulina can be found locally, moringa can be found um, in abundance locally, turmeric as well, I guess if you want to consider that a superfood. Yeah, I, think it I is. do. <laughs> One of the best ones. Michael yeah, Greger says if there is something that goes, comes to the closest to a super pill, it's turmeric. It's turmeric, yeah. And you actually can get these um, capsules of just like grind dried out turmeric powder into these little uh, like vegan capsules in Obud, which are great. Um, yeah, so superfoods. That's but chia, then there's some. Chia croyeno, right? Chia, chia no. So chia, um, but you know, a good other local alternative is basil seeds. Um, but yeah, chia or goji berries, acai, all of those things cacao? have to be imported. That's cacao? Cacao, plenty. There's some of right, the biggest yeah. farms of cacao here. And it's so and good here! It's so good. Oh. It's so good. Like, actually, I really recommend trying to visit um, a cacao farm. We've got... So, back to our produce, to answer that question. Um, we have we work with several farmers locally here, and we also have the Garden Gangsters Gardens, oh, <laughs> which nice. is where we grow um, some of our produce and a lot of cacao trees. So that is just for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just That's why the name. That's the, I yeah. love, by the way, the Garden Gangsters. I, I love you. to say like, um, <laughs> you know, spiritual gangsters. No. Um, that's the name of the they do apparel like clothing, and it's okay. called spiritual gangster. And it also really. Um, Never heard of it. Um, yeah, Where they're really they? successful. Germany? No, actually, I don't know. I just follow them on Instagram because they're one of the brands I like to follow because their feed is just so positive, vibey, beautiful mm. that I want to follow it, even though it's a clothing brand. And they have like over half a million followers. Wow. And they, yeah, they really nailed it how to do Instagram and see how important it is to yeah. do it right. Yeah. And uh, Spiritual Gangster, and then, then I saw Garden Gangster, it was like, nice, that's a cool name, I like that. And, but um, say it again, so you have this. So yeah, do we, you grow there? we grow some of the produce there, um, but otherwise, we've got several different um, suppliers. suppliers. And it's all around here in Bali, right? Yeah, all of it, so except cool. for some of the frozen produce, obviously, like berries um yeah. we're getting more and more funly here like up in the mountains where it's colder oh, wow. we're getting mulberries and raspberries it's really new but um obviously not in in the quantities that would be necessary for the cafe so we have some of the frozen berries um but yeah the rest is mainly locally harvested that's great and you taste it like so many best offs i had here in bali like the best Dragon fruit I ever had, I, like in Germany, dragon fruits taste like nothing. Really? Like nothing. Okay, like, sorry, just about the dragon fruit. Have you been to Australia? No. Okay, you, you have to try the dragon fruit in Australia. Really? Yeah. yeah but but it can't different. get any better than this, I believe. Oh, try it. Try it. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's Crazy. like, it's a very, I mean, the dragon fruit in general is a subtle, um, you know, refined taste, but oh. it's almost like a, it's almost like a perfume, the flavor. And it, but it, in a very very subtle way, in in Australia it's almost like stronger and it's almost got this like um, sweeter and 
Oh, like wow. floral notes. I think I cannot handle that. No, you have to try. I'm already it. here. This is. I'm it's like better. that is best. That is. Oh, I want that every day. One dragon so fruit. You can just slice them and then eat them like a bowl and scoop it out. Yeah, that's what we do every <laughs> single day. So good. And it's so potent how red that is because colors are the antioxidants and you really taste it how how rich mm -hmm. they are in flavor. Um, now about your your accident, do you want to tell sure. how that happened? Because I, mean, I can imagine riding here a scooter. You, okay, well, you know, it just will happen someday, <laughs> right? Mm, so that's a statement that I always wanted to deny because everyone says that, you know, and it's I, I was the living proof up until the accident. Until the accident. <laughs> but it, it's not that interesting of a story. It was kind of like it wasn't, <laughs> you know. I was leaving my ex-boyfriend's house. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, Were you mad? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it was kind of like fueled by anger slash adrenaline oh. kind of thing. And I didn't want to go get my helmet because it was back there and I had forgotten it. So of course, I like walked out, stormed through, and like um, there's this little shortcut in Changu that's super I bumpy. I know the shortcut. Ooh. Yeah. So the one before that shortcut, it's like a the road that leads to the shortcut yeah. and it's super it's a shitty road it's when you come from paved. here this way you mean um no like you know when you come out of the shortcut yeah the Chang shortcut you can go straight mm -hmm. that one yeah that's what i mean yeah okay well that one it's super paved and it has like six thousand speed bumps yes. and i hate speed bumps yep. so imagine being really angry <laughs> yeah they're so annoying but we not have they they 100 uh yeah, make their purpose that people try slower and otherwise if you put a sign there no one will try slower well, but they just make you i it's mean i'm not a very fast driver just that night <laughs> okay 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 and i guess like i was angry and then this I hit the speed bump and it got me even more angry <laughs> and so I sped up and then I hit the second speed bump that kind of slash saved my life because it sent me flying through a pole but I remember um, the bike kind of got crushed against the pole and it, it must have hit my, um, my chin from below because I got a cut here and then I fell to the side and all I remember is just getting up and then running back <laughs> to the house. Um, there was like a party going on, like a get together and um, like a gathering and then yeah, I, I, uh, I called my mom to come and pick me up actually and I was in a state of like, I wasn't very present, I was kind of frazzled, didn't really know what was going on. I guess it's kind of how you'd feel if you got knocked out in a boxing ring because everything was a bit confusing and it felt like there was this big buzzing sound. But I got the reflex to just pull my phone out and call my mom um, and she picked me up and I went to the hospital. Um, and they checked me out through the, the MRI and stuff and luckily I didn't have any brain damage, I didn't have any problems other than, oh yeah, as I'm talking to my mom, like back backtrack, backtrack to the villa, I'm talking to my mom and I'm like, mom you have to come pick me up, please don't be worried and I put this full sober voice, I was like, just uh, come to this address and pick me up, I, I just got into a bike accident, I, all I have is a, is a cut on my chin because I could feel the blood and then I was like, oh and, and I'm spitting my teeth out. And I was like, what? two broken teeth, oh. and then, and then, so I get to, the, anyways, I get to the hospital, they check me, no brain damage, nothing, they sew me back up, and, um, reality sets in, you know, oh man, like, I've been so silly, why have I gotten myself in this situation, I was so angry at myself, and that anger kind of is what messed me up more than anything, because that perpetrated into, like, the later months, and, um, what's worse is that, they let me walk out of the hospital scot-free that night, only for me to find out four months later that my jaw is actually broken. 
and that I realized once it got healed. So four weeks later, it healed, um, and I'm starting to see like asymmetries or like weird things that weren't the same. And I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here? So I started emailing lots of osteopaths in Australia, and um, I got a reply back from one who said, hey, can I see your doctor's report? Which is normally mandatorily given to you. So I drive back to the hospital and I ask for it, and I'm reading it, and it's like, oh, discommuted. Um, dislocated fracture of the upper left mandible and I was like what a piece of my bone actually like snapped off and um, the jaw no longer locks into the condyle and they didn't actually tell me because of miscommunication and so that sent me into a whole new thing of anger so no. that, that was basically my my story but I obviously got really really lucky and lesson learned never drive without a helmet got a full face one now and never try after never leaving angry. your boyfriend <laughs> angrily or anyone angrily and uh, control your emotions um. yeah well that's a thing I never let my emotions in the way of my reason and that night that yeah. one exception and that's a lesson you it see messed what me happens. up and that's a, that, that made me even more angry because I was like I'm not this type of person why is it that the one only time that I let my emotions in the way of my reason I get messed up you yeah. know so unfair happened <laughs> yeah um, that's why the more and more I started to love myself the more and more careful I rode even like in Berlin I ride my bicycle all the time I started to wear a helmet and um, just always take the more cautious side of riding in, in traffic because um, I don't want to get in an accident no. but is your jaw good now is it yeah I got you know really lucky I think that the, the body heals itself and it's so beautiful the I've watched this documentary recently on Netflix called heal which I really recommend but the body really does have the ability to heal itself and the, because I wasn't aware that it was actually broken my mind couldn't act on it you know yeah. and, and so my body naturally repaired itself and I, I, I never needed surgery I never needed you know like any of those things um, some people say oh yeah you've got a floating piece of bone in there you need to get out but like it hasn't ever affected me you know I'm chewing perfectly fine and The jaw kind of controls everything as well. It controls like your, your back and your hips and everything in an alignment. And um, I mean, I've got great like motion control and stability and mm -hmm. all that. Like it hasn't affected my body whatsoever. What I recommend you is, and also my listeners, and I recommend it to them many times, it's a book, You Are the Placebo, that we are actually the placebo. It's mind over matter. Oh, what we 100%. Think we manifest oh, yeah, and totally. we turn our genes, they're like Christmas lightings. We can turn them on and off. I have thoughts alone and it's yeah. so man and I, I can't agree with you more like I I feel like the mind is so strong and especially like in so many several cases individually I've, I've figured this out for for myself where to give you a simple example um, I actually had a falling out with one of my childhood best friends recently not so recently actually since last April and after this argument you know of, of losing someone so close to you that you cherish so much I started getting head spins, but I wasn't. I didn't associate them with the fact that oh, I had lost a friend, and I was internalizing my emotions because that's far fetched or whatnot. Like you're not being told these things, and I think I think emotions should be taught at school, or how to deal with emotions should be taught at school because so many people don't actually know how to deal with their emotions, and and I'm a perfect example of this because I lost my one of my really close friends, and I was at this restaurant with a, a bunch of my friends, and all of a sudden, I um, I started getting this head spin. And <laughs> I thought I was going through hypoglycemia or something, I don't know, like, <laughs> slightly hypochondriac. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm getting a headband, I need to go get sugar. So I went and, like, asked for a shot of sugar, and I sculpted the shot of sugar. 
and all of a sudden, you know, my mind started taking over and creating all of these, and I was starting to panic because I was like, no, oh my God, I'm going to hypoglycemia. <laughs> and in fact, it wasn't the case at all. I was just um, internalizing my emotions because of, you know, losing a friend, and I was getting these head spins as a result, but just to show the power of the mind, it like nearly went into this like full panic state. Mm-hmm. Like created all of these weird symptoms. I felt tingling in my hands, and I was like, oh, "What's going on? Like, da, 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 something's wrong with me." And all of that was created, you know, by the mind. Mm-hmm. And I had to like snap out of it. I was like, "No, controlling my mind," and made those feelings go away. And I was totally fine. But it's about like taking over. Yeah, and being aware that you're in being control. Being aware. Being aware. And yeah. it's it's not like some hippie talk. It's legit science. That's why oh, the placebo. 100%. That's yeah. why good studies are double-blind controlled placebo trials where they put the placebo into it because um, then you know for, for real if it's um, the, 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 the matter things or the placebo, the effect. So, yeah. Have you watched Heal? Um, no. You need to watch it. Okay. There's this one study of this, um, this, this guy who's a, um, he's a scientist. He's like a biochemist scientist and he, he's the one who creates the medicines uh, to cure cancer. Or like, or finding like the newest technology to find to, to create this medicine, and he tell he, he explains in the in the in the show that on a, on the course of um, the time period they've done this test on 60 patients or I forget the number maybe yeah 60 patients they they were given the medicine for cancer and 60 patients were given the medicine for placebo the placebo, and um, and the results are pretty much the same. The graph shows the same results, which shows that the body can heal itself because once it's told, like, oh, you're taking this pill, that's actually a cure. They're not told it's a placebo, and your body's actually making the repair. Totally, that's a placebo. And the book you are the placebo starts off with the history of the placebo. And um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, that's the author, he tells all the stories the placebo has worked, many of them. And my mind was so blown away what the placebo has all done in individual cases or in broad cases, in wars and everything that's just like morphium or we don't have morphium anymore, we just tell them it's morphium and they don't feel pain anymore even though they got nothing. It's just the mind that is so incredible, mind over matter and if you become aware of that, that you're in control. You can use it to your advantage. Exactly. Okay, coming to an end, um, I don't even know, uh, but I guess you're vegan as well. If so, for how long have you been vegan and why? <laughs> so, pretty much vegan except for eggs. I do eat eggs. Um, and uh, so I've pretty much kind of grown up vegetarian just because I wasn't that fan of a meat ever, that, that of a fan of meat. And I don't know if you believe in blood types, but I'm an A plus blood type, which is the kind of blood type doesn't, which doesn't really require meat. It's like majorly it's like the enzymes in our blood can process vegetables and fruits more. And um, yeah, so I find that naturally I kind of crave and long and need more vegetables and fruits. I, I don't know if you do. I no, I don't believe in blood types. I, okay. I can send I you can tell from your blood. Okay, yeah, no, um, because yeah, I just believe in the best available um, balance of evidence and the blood type diet diet got crazy debunked like from Mick the Vegan or Dr. Michael Kreger and the science they presented made a lot of sense for me that your blood type like was so similar that your blood type isn't really oh that's good for her that's good no we're pretty much so much the same like 99 point like only a chromosome is like the difference between us so our dietary needs are so the same um, 
our maintenance calories are different because I'm heavier or if someone is more active and stuff, but our dietary needs, like of, uh, what we need is, is, is really the same, no matter what, like what blood type, that is what I, I believe in. Well, so I've always kind of leaned towards um, yeah, veggies and fruits and I didn't really like meat much growing up and dairy either, like I never liked ice cream when I was little or um, yogurts, I never liked cheese. Um, and yeah, so basically I've always kind of followed that diet instinctively and I fully went vegetarian maybe about like five years ago and fully went vegan about two years ago but then I incorporated eggs in my diet because um, yeah the, I started feeling head spins and things like that and I thought that it, they were linked to veganism so I went and got blood tests and things and um, and then I thought, well, it must be, I was told it was B12, B12 deficiency. So then that's when I started incorporating eggs. So I still eat eggs. For B12? Yeah, for B12. Why don't you just supplement? It's a yeah, I know. much more so, reliable and bigger totally. source because to cover your totally. B12 just with eggs, you would have to eat a lot of eggs. And um, I, I do supplement it. I started supplementing it when they first started, when I found out that that was the cause, or I was told that that was the cause. Um, and... I had like both the spray and I had the little chewable ones, but to be honest, I kind of suck at taking supplements. Truth be told, I really do. <laughs> How about you can also take like once once per week one, then a higher dosage, or even half a year injection if you really just half suck. a year injection. No, Are because you? for me taking supplements it's easy. I, I just have a routine like I have a, a tray. It says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So what do you supplement? Um, B12, vitamin D vegan omega-3, um, what else, um, uh, K2, and creatine. Really? Uh, yeah. But creatine, it's just only for building muscle. That yeah. has like, or it also may has a bit of cognitive improvement, that you can memori memorize things a bit better, but uh, I, I haven't looked into, into that research so much, if it's legit, but I do it because... Um, uh, because of the the benefits that you can do like one two more reps in the gym and thus you yeah. can make more and constant progression and get stronger so yeah my brothers take it as well but it's like it's like it makes like a couple percent it's like maybe one or two percent like the 95 percent is proper training and nutrition Obviously. so it's just like a bit more but i want the benefits so i take it but for people okay. like i take it if you want to but it's not mandatory what is mandatory is vitamin b12 for everyone and um uh, in the winter, vitamin D. We don't have winter here. And also, more and more research is showing all the benefits for vegan omega-3, like DHA and EPA from algae oil, um, because um, the precursor, ALA, that is only found in, in blends, like flax seeds, chia seeds, walnuts, and our conversion is actually quite low, and some people convert really low, so you don't really know if your conversion is high enough unless you test it. So, um, have you tested yours? Yes, but um, only with supplements and actually also with supplements more on the lower end because I took only 250 micrograms, which is really little, of DHA and EPA, so I increased it now to 500 and um, we'll test it like in two months again. Um, but yeah, DHA and EPA is really important for cognitive function, for your brain, everything, where I don't want to mess around, so I just take it as a safety because the algae oil has already the active form of omega-3 because as I said like walnuts, chia seeds, hemp seeds, flax uh, seeds. seeds, yeah, um, they only have the precursor of it like yeah. ALA and our body needs to convert it and the conversion is really like low. The, yeah, the same way, the same way um, 
spirulina has like a a uh, an alpha b12 well not an alpha but like a um there's a word for that it's like it looks like b12 but it's not actually and it doesn't act like b12 in your body when ingested so if you get a blood test and you eat a lot of spirulina it looks like you're not at all deficient in b12 but it's it actually doesn't yeah have but it, it like especially chlorella can contain active b12 but it all depends how it's grown and um but so far there are not yeah. many good reliable sources that um one we have like one in germany a good one that had many lab tests done and studies tested on people that their B12 in the chlorella is actually bioavailable but in many it's not and then it's more like a gamble so just take the, the supplement and, and you're safe so um, for what other reasons do you eat eggs? Mainly that really then and also my friends um, and because I travel a lot between Bali and Australia and all my friends are based there they, they have like you know you really have that slow living kind of lifestyle where everyone grows their own veggies and their herbs and they have like a little chicken hen and they've got little chickens running around and they drop eggs everywhere every day they're female mm -hmm. um, their hens so um, kind of just walk through the garden pick up our eggs and it's it's really like it's an ethical source you know and it's not yeah not, it's that is the like, rare exception how you do it that, uh, um, well here as well like I'm so I'm like we're still building our house but it's going to be all these like traditional juglos which are only made of wood super sustainable in um in the rice fields and we're going to have a little hen with like our little chickens running around I don't recommend eggs because most are from Delicious. factory farms right. and then they're treated you know the horribly source. yeah if you know the source but Would you then, eat them? You no know no the because they're the highest source of cholesterol, cholesterol. dietary cholesterol and any the, the 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 need for cholesterol is precisely zero what we need because our body makes all the cholesterol we need and more isn't good but too much is harmful and um, eggs are actually not allowed to label safe healthy any of that because they're not um, especially from factory farms they're quite polluted all the hormones the yeah, lipids totally. the animal protein totally. so um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone who yeah. wouldn't know where they're getting them from for sure um, I actually have one last question for you yeah um, well, it just slipped out. I can't remember. Think about it. Um, oh yeah, do you eat like olive oil butter? You know, vegan butter that's made of olive oil. Uh, olive, olive oil butter or olive butter? Do you have that? You do have. Don't you I don't even know. I know olive oil or I know like vegan oh, okay. butter, but olive oil butter. Yeah. What so is that? It's basically a butter made of olive oil, but some people debate that it's unhealthy. And, okay. but it's like I basically, I, I don't have oils at home, I don't cook with oil, because oil is just, you know, you take a whole food, like in this case olives, and olives, it's a whole food, it contains all the, um, the fatty acids it has, but also all the, the fiber, it's, it's mostly water, then the micronutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, and uh, the nutrients that are bound to the fiber, but then you strip to produce oil, you just strip everything away besides the pure fat. Some nutrients are still in there, but most of them, especially like the fiber, the nutrients that are bound to the fiber, they're all gone and you're left with pure fat. And um, it, so you lose most of the health benefits and have to, actually it's, oil is the highest um, caloric food we have. 100 grams is like 900 something calories. And most people in the Western world get more and more obese. So um, I don't recommend any of them eating really much empty fats, which is oil. So rather always eat the whole foods. So like instead of olive oil, eat olives. Instead of walnut oil, eat walnuts. Instead of sunflower oil, eat sunflower seeds. 
flax seeds oil, eat the flax seeds because there you have the fatty acids, but also... Do you eat butters though, like nut butters? Cashew butter, almond butter? Yeah, of course, because that's the whole nut. That's yeah, just, you that's take grinded. the whole food and you grind it, so it's still all contained, but you don't strip the good things away. That's why I love nut butters, that's a big staple of mine. I love seed butters like tahini, mm -hmm. because there you have all the fiber, the nutrients, the bone, the fiber, the micronutrients, the phytonutrients, which are most of them gone in oil, so I don't really recommend oil, unless you, like some of my friends, um, for them it makes sense because they have such a hard time gaining weight, they want to build muscle and they're just not good eaters. So for them to not be in a caloric deficit but even get in a slight caloric plus, they consume oil just to get more calories in. But especially for people who want to lose weight, I say ditch the oil mostly, and but don't be too obsessed like, oh I don't eat anything with oil, no, when I eat out like here, uh, I don't mind because um, they mostly use a bit of oil but I look for those places where they use not like where not everything is deep fried and drenched but at home I, it's just a habit like not buying animal products anymore but plant foods like going vegan and then what you cook it's the same habit cooking without oil and once you master it it's super easy yeah, and the flavor oil makes it richer because it's high in calories but using other rich things like nuts butter mm -hmm. seeds butter and all the flavor then comes from the bland foods itself, like the, the chickpeas, the legumes, the peas, and then the, the herbs, the spices, the sauce, like tomato sauce, apple cider vinegar, using all that you get so much flavor, you just need to know how to cook that. And I just like stir fry, or I, I call it saute um, in, uh, in water, so and it can never burn because the water will vaporize, but as long as there's water in it, it cannot burn, so if most water is vaporized, I just add a bit more water, and then add all these healthy things to make the richest, delicious flavor, like sauce out of nutritional yeast, lemon, tahini, like this already is like a great sauce, and more herbs and spices, and you get so much rich flavor that um, all the richness is there, but out of whole foods. Um, well, guys, if you're not sold, I don't know what will. <laughs> but um, yeah, if, if oil, it's just like if it helps you to eat more healthy food, like if you eat tempeh, in it's, it's because it's more delicious, if it's stirred fried in oil, yeah. go for it because tempeh has so many health benefits that the bit oil is just added calories but it yeah, won't really like harm weighing you. Weighing out the pros and cons. Yeah, exactly. So if it helps you to eat more whole foods but if you if you eat bacon in oil then it doesn't make it more healthy, the olive oil. Or you if know? you have like marinated things, if you like, you know, marinated artichokes or like capsicum. Exactly, if it helps you to eat more healthy whole foods, it's the same with like sugar, oil. If you eat, use a bit of that to eat more healthy foods, Sprinkle that over your broccoli, mm -hmm. a bit of show, uh, a bit of sugar because it helps you to eat more broccoli. Great. Sugar. No, great to eat more broccoli if, oh, yeah. if that's what no, helps you. But yeah. who, who sprinkles sugar on the broccoli? <laughs> Some people just hate broccoli, but if there's a bit of sugar on it, then like. Really? That's uh, crazy. I mean, it's I don't know. I, I don't actually know no one. <laughs> it's just an example. Maybe uh, I'm sure some people. It's like the crab fruit, comment a bit of in the sugar. Comment below. Wait, can you even leave a comment on the podcast? Um, um, where most people listen, no. But uh, nowadays, also uploaded to my YouTube channel. Okay. And it's also on SoundCloud, so I get their um, comments and also just people react and writing me. Tell us if DMs. you eat broccoli with sugar. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> um, no, I just love broccoli by itself. Me too. Oh, the best. Yeah. Or with tamari. One of the healthiest greens. So, eat your broccoli. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. How did Thanks you like it? Me. Yeah, it's super fun. Still nervous? No. That's the, no. That was great. A lot of value and a lot of key learnings for listeners who want to start a business. And uh, it's just great to see, see you not being into that, but just there is nothing around. I want to have that. I create it. Even though I know nothing about it, I can teach myself. I'm passionate about it and how, how it turns out. 
that's just more than you could ever imagine, right? Yeah, and I'm still teaching myself, you know, like even with franchises, like it's, yeah. it's all a self-learning journey, really, self-taught. That's self-taught. why I say, follow your highest excitement without insisting of a particular outcome, so just follow it and then it will just manifest in often an even much greater way than you would have thought of. Yeah, totally. So just follow your highest excitement. Thank you so much for being here. For, uh, check out Cafe Organic, follow it, and then you just, after... I don't know, just a couple new posts, you will be so hooked to come here to beautiful Changu and yeah, check it out for yourself. And I'm so thankful that you that you started it because you were one of the key factors that Changu became what it is now and it is vegan heaven. Thank you. And um, yeah, <laughs> thank you for true. that. Alright, thanks for listening. Until next time, anything else you want to share? You have like a private Instagram or something where people can check you out? Um, no, just Cafe Organic Bali on Instagram, same on Facebook, and I think that's all we're on. <laughs> you heard it. Check it out. Thanks for listening. Until next time, peace out.